This is Bishop Gilmore of Grace That Reigns. We continue this morning with our podcast on When Monday Comes. When Franciscan mystics think of God, as often as not, they will speak of him as a shaft of light. All that God ever does, they say, is to love us. And that love is often sensed or felt as a sudden, startling light. It penetrates the mind, giving us the gospel wisdom. And it penetrates the heart, giving us the power to live that very gospel wisdom. We humans, we are slow, slow learners. And so all this happens only gradually. Now Jacqueline spoke to you before of a shaft of light that touched her as a 14-year-old child. This morning she will speak of another such shaft that touched her as a young professional. This one brought her still closer to the making of grace that reigns. So Jacqueline, would you share now that new step with us? Thank you, Bishop Gilmore. This powerful experience that I'm sharing is related directly to the vocation of the priesthood. One of my core mandates at Grace That Reigns has always been to renew wonder for the vocation of the priesthood and to pray directly with priests. When I look back at what I have been doing for so many years, I can't believe that this has formed a great part of my life. I was thinking about this vocation lately, and I thought about the last time, uh, the last memory that brought this up. Surprisingly, it was at the airport while I was waiting at the documentation holding center, getting ready my papers to fly from Canada to the United States. This time, I was summoned to an agent whom I didn't recognize. See, I've been traveling back and forth for many years, and I've pretty much met with many of the TSA agents at the gate. But this man, he asked for my passport and visa, and after reading all of my documents, he did something unusual. He leaned over and he asked me, so you're traveling on a religious visa, and are you a sister? And I answered, no. And then he paused and he asked, what kind of work do you do in the United States? And so I told him that I was a religious worker and I was the founder of a retreat ministry of healing and that my job was to work with and pray with priests and sometimes give them retreats. Well, he was pretty surprised. He, um, he didn't just wave me through. He leaned over and he told me, well, you know, I'm a practicing Catholic myself. Can I have your card so that I can follow your ministry? And then he ended with, God bless you for helping our guys. And then he let me through, waving his arm enthusiastically. Now in my head, as I heard him Myself saying all of that, telling him that I was this person working in his ministry and I was helping priests and praying with them, 
Part of me felt like I was in a dream and that someone was talking besides me. I kept thinking, that's not my life. Because this is not what I had expected in all of my dreams. This was no ordinary work. I couldn't explain it to anyone. It carries no weight in the secular world. It's hard to explain and it's totally off the grid. So how did I get here? On the plane, I began to reminisce about this journey. And the first priest that I ever ministered to was back in 1999. I was still an intern working at a planning and architecture firm. And I felt as if the Lord had given me a juncture, like two roads, and I didn't know which to take. I recently shared about my experience when I was 14, and I had a powerful conversion type of experience and a mysterious encounter with the Lord. Well, this second encounter was also very powerful, one in my 20s, and it was about the mystery of the priesthood an encounter that was so very similar in memory as the first and as mysterious as the first also. It was the second of many that would move me in the direction of the grace that reigns, but it was many, many years before this happened. So what was my second mysterious encounter with God that started to change my course? Right outside Munich, there was a small, charming town named Freising. It had a small city center, a brewery, and a cathedral, and I spent a year there after graduating from the University of British Columbia. I worked there as a practicum at an urban design and planning firm, and this was my first international job. This was an incredible experience and opportunity for me to grow in my profession. So I was working there, I had friends, and had freedom. But like most many people whom I hung out with, God was not in our vocabularies. In fact, he had been out of mind for so many years already before that. So even though we had this beautiful cathedral on top of the hill, it never dawned on me that I should go up to visit it. Then one spring day, I didn't have much to do. I decided to take a walk around parts of the city that I had not seen yet. So I found myself walking and walking up a winding road. I did not know where this road was leading me because it had become narrow on either side and my view was being obstructed and obscured by high walls and old trees and branches that cascaded over the walls. All of a sudden, the narrow road stopped. Where did it lead me to? It led me to the doors, so I thought, of the cathedral. What I noticed first was that the parking lot was crowded. No place was ever crowded in Freising. It was a very small town. So the cars in the parking area suggested that something of an event was happening inside the church. Hmm, I wonder what it could have been. Heavy wooden doors. I looked up. I had no idea what was behind them, but I knew that I wanted to see what it was. So I slowly opened the doors, and it made a creaking sound. And I got a glimpse of the people. It was filled. People standing, crowded near the doors, dressed to the nines. And I sure wasn't dressed that way. I knew that I didn't belong there. But again, curiosity got the better of me. I could tell 
that it was not a baptism. There were too many people there. Or a wedding. There were no brides there. And it wasn't a communion, because I didn't see little girls in dresses, I didn't see flowers, and I didn't see the little boys. What I saw, though, far from me, were a number of men, dressed in white robes, all standing side by side before the altar. And I was intrigued, as if I was pulled by some magnetic force, because I could not take my eyes off of them. They were facing me. I saw their faces, and they looked really happy. And then it suddenly hit me. I think these men were becoming priests, and today was their ordination day. I felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't know anyone, but I was so awed and wowed that, again, I could not move my eyes away from what was going on. I was curious, and I wanted to see. So I moved little closer to the front. And as I looked on, I suddenly saw a bright, surreal light cast on the faces and bodies of the young men. It was the same luminescent light I had seen as a 14-year-old in confession when I was first overwhelmed by God's presence. I looked to see where the source was coming from. Whether it was a window or a spotlight, we were in the church. Was it were they cameras? But I looked around. I didn't see any of them. We weren't even near to a window. And I actually wondered if anyone else could see what I was seeing. I saw cameras, but they were small handheld cameras. So I knew that they did not make any difference in the light source that I was seeing on these young men. I felt as if my interior soul was being attracted to this source. It felt like a magnet. I was aware at that moment that I was experiencing something that was truly graced and really very ethereal. I felt as if God had placed his fingerprint upon my soul that day, the same fingerprint that he left on me when I was 14. And I knew entirely, way deep, that something beautiful and mysterious had just been revealed to me again. The ceremony had not yet finished, but I didn't want to stay until the end of it, of the event because um, this is all I needed. This experience already convinced me that something beautiful had happened. Do you ever get those moments when you feel like you have experienced something so filled with awe, like the landscape of the Grand Canyon, that it silences you? Well, this was that moment because I felt like I had nothing more to say. Nothing could be said. In those few words, the beauty of the vocation to the priesthood was revealed. And all the knowledge about the call to the priesthood, its mystery, and all its splendor was open to me. In time, I would know why I received this grace. That was not the end of the story. Three changes happened to me after this incident. The first, the first change was that I remembered that my perception of the hierarchy of the church, the Catholic Church, had changed. By the time I walked down that hill, uh, I knew that my disapproval of the all-male hierarchy within the Catholic Church, starting from the Pope downwards, 
was a belief that was changing in my heart, was softening. I knew that I disapproved of the hierarchy, but by the time I reached the bottom of the hill, I received something like an interior peace about that, and it changed and softened my heart or something like that. It was clear to me that upon seeing these men, seeing this vocation, seeing the mystery, that Jesus had to have asked uh, men to be successors, to be his successors. And I don't know why, and I don't know if I can ever explain that. The second change was that my insecurity and disbelief about my encounter with Jesus at 14 was real. I realized that I had not imagined that experience because so many of the same experiences happened this time and the familiarity of the presence of Jesus spoke loudly to me in the light and spoke loudly to me in the voice and spoke loud to me in the love that I felt, the powerful love that I felt from the Lord. I was now confident and very certain that I had heard that same beautiful voice. I was convinced more than ever that the Lord God did reveal himself to me just like he did before. I understood and recognized his voice. Interestingly, there was a third change that happened within me because of this experience. I now found the courage to speak about my faith for the first time the first time since I was in Europe, and I had been there for at least six months. While I was taking a vacation with two of my German friends in Salzburg, I revealed to them and I told them that I was a Catholic. I had a Catholic faith. I was brought up Catholic, and that I wanted to attend the Mass. Apparently, we were there for Easter, and so I wanted to go to Easter Mass. And I had never brought up my beliefs before, fearing that they would laugh at me, and fearing that I did not have enough confidence in myself uh, to know that the Lord really had shown himself to me. I, I felt a little bit like I was crazy. I knew that I had thrown them off guard. So they went on their own to tour the city, and then I went alone. And for the longest time, I sat there in the pew, and I realized that this felt like a little bit like home. It's been so long since I've been in a church, but I felt the familiarity of the priest. I felt the familiarity of the mass. And I just knew what I was saying, even though it was in German. That experience at the cathedral in Germany with the priests stayed deeply within me for a very long time. And just like my first experience, I held it close and didn't want to tell anyone but it did help me to understand my call later on in life as I turned it over and over in my head and in my heart again. I never forgot Freising. I never forgot the cathedral. I never forgot the men that I saw. I never forgot that they were being ordained to be priests. And I knew that somehow this ordination experience and my experience of confession when I was 14 experience of God present to me, becoming present to me, was tied together. 
1999, as I mentioned, I prayed for my first priest. After placing my hand in a statue of Jesus, I received the gift of healing. But hey friends, I'm going to leave this for another sharing and another day. Well, thank you, Jacqueline, very much for sharing the story with us. I know it's close to you. It's hard to speak about, uh, but you, you did a, a fine job, I think, this, this evening. Well, thank you, Bishop Gilmore. I do my best. <laughs> well, our podcast channel is called Renewing Your Wonder. You can look up Gilmore Low or visit www.gracethatreigns.com. Thank you. Goodbye.